Thanks for tuning in to Leesburg Daily, a Monday through Friday podcast where we dive into scripture, study it together, and apply it to our lives. Today we pick up in John chapter 11. Um, uh, we start today uh, in verse 7, I, I, I suppose. Uh, we're dealing with uh, the account of of Lazarus and and Mary and Martha. And, and last Friday we discussed how uh, Jesus had gotten word that Mary and, uh, Mary and Martha's brother Lazarus, whom uh, John says that he, he loved this family very much, uh, he was sick and to die, and they expect Jesus to come quickly um, to to heal him. However, Jesus doesn't come quickly. Uh, in verse 7, we pick up. Um, well, in verse 6, we learn that he heard that Lazarus was sick, uh, but instead he stayed two more days. Now, here's the thing, uh, regardless, if you recall, regardless of whether he had left at that time, the same day he heard or not, uh, regardless, Lazarus would have been dead by the time he got there. You see, by the time Jesus gets there, he had been dead for four days. Jesus stayed for two days. Uh, and so G- this guy would have been dead regardless. Um, but... We, we learned last week that Jesus stayed for two days so that Lazarus would be dead a total of four days, which would have made, um, according to Jewish folklore uh, of sorts, uh, the, the spirit would hover, hover over the body for three days. And so Jesus uh, deals with that by allowing him to be dead for four days. Anyway, we pick up in verse 7, and as far as the reader knows, Lazarus is still alive. However, Jesus had learned he was sick and had stayed two extra days where he was. And we're not sure really where he was. He's possibly still in the place that John the Baptist was baptizing, referring back to 10 verse 40. But we don't know that. Anyway, uh, he's somewhere outside of Judea because in verse 7 he says to his disciples, let's go to Judea again. Now the disciples say to Jesus something that's very uh, understandable, and we would probably respond the same way. Uh, Jesus, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and you're going there again. I, I mean, that's a pretty fair question to ask. Jesus, look, you've been—they've been trying to kill you, and yet you're still going there. What's going on? Don't you know you can't go there because they'll—they'll stone you. They'll kill you. Um, that's a pretty um, understandable explanation. The disciples aren't pleased with this idea, but Jesus answered them in verse 9. Watch this. He says, are there not 12 hours in the day? In, in, in Jewish time, uh, the Jews counted the day from sunrise to sunset and the night from sunset to sunrise. Um, roughly 12 hours. Um, he says, aren't there 12 hours in, in the day? If anyone walks in the day, He does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. Now, let's pause and think about on a very basic level what Jesus is saying there is when you walk in daylight, you don't stumble. And of course, we know that to be true. The opposite is also true. If anyone walks at night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. You can't see what's going on. Absolutely, we know that's true. We've all walked through our house and tripped over our kids' toys before. But we got to consider what Jesus is saying. What what else might he be saying here? 
Um, think about the word day that he uses here. Uh, he says there are 12 hours left in the day. And Jesus regarded his ministry as the day. Look back or think back to uh, chapter 9, verse 4. Uh, he said during the day he would accomplish his father's purposes without stumbling. Uh, for example, um, he would be doing his business and he wouldn't be deflected by the reminders of previous attempts of, of the Jews to try to stone him. He's going to stay on mission even if it's risky because uh, that's the work that he's here to do. I mean, that's that's visionary. I mean, that's a, that's a really a, a mark of a, of a man there. Regardless of the consequences, of course, I'm, I'm not saying just men, but consider this for just a second. Regardless of the consequences, uh, uh, Jesus says, I'm going to keep my eyes on the on the prize. I've got a job to do. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to be deflected by, deflected by previous attempts and the fear of it, it could happen again because it very well could happen again. Uh, despite his disciples' fears, Jesus says he's going. He's determined to go to Judea. And this time, um, he's he's going in his own time, and not by the time of Mary and Martha. Um, and he's going to respond to the request of Mary and Martha. Anyone who walks in the day, again, Jesus talks about the day as his time of ministry, where he's going to accomplish the Father's work. He sees the light of this world. He's guided as if from a light from above. Now, let's consider how we might apply this to some areas of our lives. I mean, think for just a moment. Um, for example, I was once a, a minister at a church, and the church decided they, they wanted to have a no-alcohol policy on their leadership. Um, and so... Uh, the elders and the staff got together and they said, hey, we want you to sign this contract, staff, um, that you will not drink alcohol within 100 miles of our church building. That way no one would ever happen to see you at a restaurant drinking a beer. Um, you can drink it at home, but you can't drink it in public within 100 miles. And, of course, everyone signs, 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 and it gets to me. And I said, I, I don't think I can sign that. And I said, what do you mean? I said, well, I mean, I, I don't think I want to sign that. Be, because here's the thing. If I have to hide something that I'm doing, maybe I shouldn't be doing it. So maybe the better question that we should be asking is that within which prox proximity can we do this? Maybe the question we need to be asking is, should we be doing this at all? Let's get convicted and either be convicted enough not to do it. Uh... Uh, or not make a big deal out of it. Does that make sense? So th that became a, a, a fairly large debate. <clears throat> not a debate in a negative sense. <laughs> there used to be a time, in fact, I remember a time, and I hope you do too, where you could disagree and debate and still not um, uh, criminalize one another. Um, I'm afraid sometimes that that day is long past. However, um, Think about that principle for just a moment. The principle of if I have to hide to do something, if I have to keep it buried at night to do something, um, maybe I shouldn't be doing it. Now, of course, we know that's true in so many areas and so with so many things. We know that's true when it comes to 
you know, let's just pick on the easy suspects. We we know it's it's uh, because by nature we hide things like pornography addictions or pornography usage. We hide those things as if to cover them by night because we know inherently that they're evil and it's bad. Well, the thing about our lives are the things in our lives that we're keeping buried, that we're keeping hidden. Perhaps this is a, a an opportunity for us to bring those things to light. If there are things that I have to keep in darkness, and maybe those things are things I should consider not being done. And likewise, we also live in a day where where uh, many people will 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 flaunt what. <laughs> What once I remember would have been kept in darkness. Then we have to ask the question, is this thing that's happening in the light? It shouldn't be happening, first of all. But here's the question that we ask is, does it fit within the work that Jesus uh, describes that that happens within the day? Again, look, look back and think back to chapter 9, verse 4. The work that his father is to accomplish, the work that he continued, uh, that he expects for us to continue. Uh, does that fit in the day? We live in a culture that flaunts what we would generally keep in the darkness. Well, just because it's in the daylight doesn't mean it belongs in the daylight. In fact, it doesn't belong in any aspect of our life. So these two verses here are, uh, they have a lot of application that we can consider. What are we keeping in the darkness? What can we uh, put into the light? Uh, What should we eradicate from the darkness? Because it doesn't belong in our lives. Of course, following this, Jesus looked at his disciples and he said to him, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go so so that I may awaken him from sleep. That, that's where we're going to stop today because I, I want to consider how that ties into um, what we previously talked about with the light and the darkness. And not necessarily in, in Lazarus's uh, context, but definitely in ours. We can live as if we're asleep, not paying attention to what's happening in our days and in our nights. And I think part of the urge of Jesus uh, for us today is to pay attention to what's happening. Uh, is, is to don't walk around in a slumber, uh, but open your eyes and pay attention to the things that we're allowing in our day and the things that we're allowing in our night. We walk often as zombies, as victims of circumstances outside of our control, when, when the truth is we have much more control than we d- would generally like to admit. And so that's the challenge as we start this Monday, this Super Bowl Monday morning off. Um, may we be challenged uh, to take inventory of our day and our night. Are we using our time wisely? Are we, are we hiding in the cover of darkness, sin that has no place in our lives? And in the daytime, are we working to accomplish the will of the Father? As we start this week off, may we be reminded of that. May we consider that in our lives. And, and, and may we, we make this week be, uh, be very impactful for the kingdom of God. Thanks for tuning in this Monday morning uh, to the Leesburg Daily. Uh, join us tomorrow as we continue this account of Lazarus. Uh, God bless. Take care. And thanks for tuning in to the Leesburg Daily.